0: Today's episode is sponsored by Awesome Labs. For everything you need to build your own online store, do the smart thing. Visit beawesome.co.za. Awesome Labs, the web is chemistry. You're listening to Big Shot Business Podcast. The what, the why, and the how of building and running a successful business on the African continent. Here's your host, Linkford Biz. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Big Shot Business Podcast. Today, I have with me a guest that is well-known across the African continent, especially in the startup front, and he has helped multiple businesses in getting to understand their vision much clearer and getting to know which way to take and build a successful business. I have him with me, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. Oum, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, hi everybody. Hi, Africa. Um, how do I introduce myself? Anyways, my name is Um for short, or Um Akwan if you want to know the long thing. And um, I'm just passionate about, African, passionate about African entrepreneurs and that is evident in the work that I've done in the last couple of years. Um, I run a VC firm or I lead operations of a VC firm out of Lagos with a um, portfolio of 20 companies across sub-Saharan Africa from Nigeria, Ghana, Um Kenya, and soon in Egypt. Um, If you've heard of Paystack, we're one of the first checks into Paystack and we exited last year for $205 million. So that was a big deal for us. Um, Prior to this or now, um, I put together with my team and ran one of the largest philanthropic efforts towards entrepreneurship in Africa, which was a $100 million um, effort towards entrepreneurs. And the goal was to train, train, mentor, and fund 10,000 businesses across the African continent for 10 years. But by year five, we had hit those goals. We had trained, mentored, funded um, 5,000 plus, uh, 10,000 entrepreneurs in five years. And um, I was looking for a new challenge, so I just, you know, <laughs> moved on to the VC space.
0: All right, that's that's yeah. fascinating. Can you can you tell us a bit about um, perhaps where you grew up, just to get to know um, what it was like there?
1: I uh, grew up in Lagos. Lagos is a jungle. Uh, we say a jungle because everybody's always on the move. It's a doggy dog world. Everybody you know, is trying to get ahead. Everybody's trying to um, make things happen for themselves. And I think that's the beauty of Lagos. Everybody that comes to Lagos will tell you that everybody's just active. The city that never sleeps. Everybody's just trying to <laughs> make money, hustle someone, and the likes. Um, I come from modest backgrounds. background. Um, my dad was a clergy, my mom was a teacher. Um, but one thing that they instilled in me was the the idea that you cannot succeed without hard work um and obviously i worked so hard i was just working hard growing up then i realized that man hard work without smart work is you know fully you can work you know as hard as you want wake up before everybody but if you're not working smart um you're wasting your time and that i discovered when i was in college in university um, i'm always that person that likes to create value from whatever i do and so I was always looking for things to do while I studied engineering. I was getting involved in, you know, events, events in school. I was running businesses at, in school to take care of myself. I was always about that um, value life, and that was where I begin to began to understand the notion of working smart. So, um, if you work smart, you probably will earn more, or you'll be way ahead of somebody that just thinks that solving every problem has to do with brute force. You need to learn that just applying brute force wouldn't solve the problems we need to solve on the African continent, we also have to be smart. It's just like um, somebody trying to hit a nail, you know, with a hammer and thinking that only applying force would help you, you know, push that nail into the wood or whatever you're trying to do. Meanwhile, you know, the angle at which you're, you're hitting the nail, um, you know, the type of hammer matters and the type of nail also So um, growing up and, you know, going through life, I began to see that being deliberate and smart about how I worked would take me further than my peers. And I mean, that's why I'm here today.
0: It's really an amazing thing how many entrepreneurs learned this spirit of entrepreneurship from home. You know, Uh, uh, I think I really like that about um, most African families in that we are taught these things at home. Now, when did you get into business? What happened?
1: Um <laughs> I was broke. <laughs> don't be, don't be, I'm just gonna be honest. I was I was broke. Um so I went to one of the Ivy League schools in Nigeria right. and I mean my mom was just a civil servant, a teacher in the Ministry of Defense. Um and um while we were not poor, um the school was quite expensive because I we were three in my family and we all went to the same Ivy League school. So it at some point, you know, we had to start So basically, like I said, I I was broke. I was broke. Um, I went to an Ivy League school and we're three in my family. And my mom and my dad were insistent on giving their children the best kind of education they could have. And so, you know, they worked so hard. My mom took out loans. And it got to a point that I had to start chipping in. I mean, especially for myself. Um, I mean, I was that young guy. You know, you wanted to have the money so you could, you know, just flex for the ladies and all that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um I was I have always been a techie and I had this love for electronic electronic devices and so I started fixing laptops in school. Um, especially for the ladies. The ladies never used to have an idea of what happened to their laptops and we would really just be good to people. <laughs> and then I realized right. that if you put in put a bit a bit of markup on you know, on the parts you buy, you make good money. And because um this, this part that we're buying were kind of expensive and I had friends that were supplying them. I was making a killing at, at some point. And then it got to the time during my final year where we, we had to do our projects. And I was literally the only person printing print everybody's projects. I was helping them bind it. So I was, I mean, I was rolling a rocket at some point. Like I, I, but it was always about solving a problem for me, like seeing the problem, tacking it head on and solving it. and And that's where I knew, knew that I had that thing for business, right? figuring out ways around solving a problem and then making money out of it because I I don't necessarily believe... I believe in building sustainable businesses, which means you have to make money. You have to charge people for value. And I've learned over time that people... People people recognize value when they're paying for it or people appreciate value when they're paying something for it, no matter how little. And so, yeah, that was my inroad into the world of business.
0: Wow, that's... That's an interesting journey, and you know, I like the fact that for you it started at a, at a at a very early early stage in your life. What would you say were the were the lessons that you you learnt during that time that you have since uh, applied into the businesses that you have then run?
1: Um, number one, charge, don't be afraid to charge people for this the value you're you're, you're giving. Um, I, I, and I say across the continent, people are free to charge people. People are undervaluing themselves. And and that's actually tied to the next point, under-promise over-deliver. Um, I learned that you under-promise, but you over-deliver because word of mouth is the best form of marketing. and That's what you want. You want whoever is using your service to say, man, I tried this and this was amazing. Let people be the marketers for you so you don't have to spend too much money. Um, I also learned that um, the kind of people you have around you in your business, be it friends, be it partners, Will determine how far will you go. Um, you have to learn to build a team of of complementary skills around you. Complementary skills in the sense that you don't have to. Everybody doesn't have to be a replica of you. If you're very good at numbers, people around you should not be that numbers, people, that good, good people that are good at numbers. Find people that are probably good at marketing. Find people that people are good at business model, so that you guys you're well rounded. Because the mistake i see people make is that they try it, they try to just surround themselves with replicas on themselves but if you're going to go far you need people that have diverse experiences and diverse um insights on what you're trying to build <laughs> um what other thing have i learned i've also learned to protect my mental space um doing business in africa is a lot of work in in the mental space right because sometimes you wake up in the morning and you don't know What exactly is going to change for you if the government is going to you know pull out a policy that would totally end your business or if a competition is not going to just railroad you out or out of you know business so uh, Uh, and this is just personal to me like i always tell people um advice is contextual you can't you shouldn't take everything you hear take everything that is relevant to the Mm -hmm. time or you are or or where you are in your journey and apply um a big part of i I believe so much in work-life balance. And for me, work-life balance is having enough time for the things that matter to me the most. Um, and that is my my wife. I've put that my family. And so what I've learned... All is right. To build, Viva the government. Yeah. So what I've learned is to build whatever I'm doing around her and the family I'm trying to build. And so we could be watching Netflix and I could be working because we have that understanding. Or I could be trained. I could be... Running a proposal out through to had say, hey, this is what I'm going to pitch in the next few minutes. What do you think about this? Right? I found a way to insert into, you know, my life and work. Now, it doesn't work for everybody. You just find what works for you. But well, for me, my personal space is my personal space. I respect and I love it. And so you see that my weekends, I sometimes I'm just off. Right? Not everybody can do that, but I have the liberty to pull that off. Right? <laughs> true, my weekend true. <laughs> is me, myself, yeah, yeah. and my family. Um, so protect your mental space. Your mental space could be anything. It could be just your mom. It could be, you know, your your little house where you just go to recharge. And, you know, we don't talk right. enough about mental health on the continent. We have so many people that are depressed, that are going crazy because we... There is this shame from talking about, um, you know, you know, what's your going, what's going on in your head, your fears and all that. So... Right, um, yeah. That, and then lastly, I think I... I learned to embrace failure. Now, not embracing failure in the sense that I'm okay, um, it's okay for me to feel right, but in the sense that even if I fail, I will pick myself up and I'll make something out of this. And that's why for some reason I love Monday mornings. Monday mornings for me signifies that, that time where I can just, you know, reset and re- fix all the problems or fix all the mistakes I made in the previous week. So um, I tell people that it's it's very I feel you learn more if you listen or look out for people that have failed or listen to failure stories. Unfortunately, on our continent, you know, failure is like a taboo. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to say, oh, I failed 10 (laughs) times, right? But unfortunately, (laughs) unfortunately, those are the stories that would actually help somebody improve what they're doing or help somebody not make that same mistake. And so I'm big on always talking about my failures or talking about the mistakes and all that, yeah.
0: Wow, that's, that's fascinating. You know, I was um, I was talking to, uh, I believe it was a friend of mine, back some some months back, and we were actually talking about the number of failures that we have gone through trying to build uh, businesses. You try something, it fails. You try another thing, it fails. And we have kept at it. We have kept at it. We now have about three businesses that are running, but we've kept at it. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, um, I believe... Uh, misleading concepts that is out there is one that many gurus push that um, success is a result of well-planned and um, well-executed strategies of which nobody can know whether a strategy is well or perfectly executed if they have never actually done it so People keep chasing this halo dream that everything has to be perfect, everything has to be well, which then becomes an embarrassment when they fail. So now they no longer want to talk about those embarrassing moments. But um, if we can get a bit deeper into um, the businesses that you run, you are VP uh, of operations, I believe, at Ingressive. Okay, all right, perfect. So it's Ingressive. So what what are some of the things that you guys look at when, let's say, you are considering uh, perhaps a startup to fund?
1: Um, I mean, what we're looking for is not genius, to be honest. We 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 live on the continent, and we know what businesses require to succeed. I mean, based on the experience of the team and all, um, we first look at the team because you remember how I mentioned that you surround yourself with complementary skills. We we are not big or on one man businesses, and here's what I mean. So people don't misconstrue that you can be a solo founder, right? But the team that you have around you is very very important you don't need you don't necessarily need a co-founder to run a successful business but what's important is the team you have around you so we look at the team to have the experience you have the grits because running a business on this continent you need grits man because there are times that things will not work out you have the best business plans you have the best projections and it just doesn't work so you need that team we we look at the team to to see that to ensure that when things are not working this team will keep on grinding and grinding until they get to the Destination. Um, we, we look at the business model, really. Does it even make sense? Are you trying to sell ice to people that live in Alaska? Just, this is just, you know, right? You don't, I mean, does it even make sense? Right. I'm not saying you can't sell anything. To be honest, if you're a good storyteller, if you have a very good model, you probably can sell a lot of things, right? But does it even make sense in that region? And um, is there access to a potential billion dollar market? Because we are, we are in, interested in funding businesses that can operate at scale. Right, So there has to be a large base of people that are, would patronize that business on need that solution. So is that an access to a billion dollar company? Because we are also of the belief that the more we have successful companies across the African continent, the more people's investment appetite in investing in African businesses. One of the reasons why people are not investing in so many African businesses as much as we expect is because we don't have many IPOs on the continent. We don't have many companies exiting and people go to where they see success right and so we want to see more of that we want to see companies that are targeting billion dollar markets so that when they come out and say hey we are value at 30 billion you know that yes you really value that that right. amount of money it's not just sentiment because you're providing value that a lot of people need um we 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 look at um well, what else do we look at i mentioned i mean we, we mentioned the business model we look at we, we so one of the things that we, we try to ensure is that you own whatever technology you're using. So um, maybe even backtrack a bit, a bit. we ensure that you are leveraging heavily on tech because while we're not sector agnostic like while we're sector agnostic I mean that means we don't focus any particular sector, we expect that you're leveraging on tech because we believe tech is the enabler for business across the continent. Tech will help you reach those people that typical traditional businesses will not reach tech is what will lift the continent from where we are. And, and uh, the unfortunate thing is people view tech as just software. But I'm of the mm-hmm. belief, i we have the belief that tech is anything that makes your business operate faster in layman's term, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. nobody just misconstrues mm-hmm. right? So it doesn't <laughs> have to be software. It could be embedded in how you're operating your, business, your customer service. It could be embedded in how you're doing your distribution. But we want to see that you're using tech to enable that to reach more people and you know, you you know, reach more people, providing more value for your customers. Be faster than your competition. We also look at um, if you're the first player in the in this space. But it's okay if you're not the first player. Do you have the potential to challenge the incumbent? Because that's very very important. Africa is a very competitive landscape. I mean, right from when we were little, your father would say, "Do you have look at that guy that got um, first in class? He have two heads, and right?" Man. We are very <laughs> competitive, and we know that competition swallow competition across okay. the continent so we want to see that you can actually you first of all you have a unique value proposition and you are quite different or you have an advantage over your competition and even if there's an incumbent you will have the potential to be an incumbent in the future you know um i mean right. that, that's just the basic i mean there's there's a whole long checklist we kind of like to look at okay. but that's just core to you know us picking a business and saying this is a business that we think will succeed
0: that's, that's interesting. There's one thing, though, uh, that you, you, you mentioned, um, the exit. You know, yeah. uh, this, is, this is one thing I've, I've wanted to ask for a very long time. I've, I've yeah. spoken to a number of um, venture capitalists and, you know, um, uh, uh, VC firms, and it's a very common theme about the exit. What is it exactly about the exit that um, perhaps founders should look at?
1: Hmm. This is actually a loaded question, and I'm trying to figure out what's the best angle. I mean, I've heard so many things. People say build your business to sell. People say build your business to exit. Some people also say if you're building your business with an exit in mind, you're not a true entrepreneur. <laughs> All that is just watch. <laughs> build your business so that, so let's back. I'm going to say quite a number of things that we don't agree, would agree with. Right. I'm of the opinion that everybody's inherently selfish, right? Everybody's selfish. True. Investor, True. entrepreneur, your father, your brother, your family, your neighbor, everybody's inherently selfish. I build business to accept that first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So tie the success of business to whatever makes you happy. For some people, is that they want to have enough money to build houses for their parents. For some people, they just want to live lavishly. Don't be ashamed of it. Some people just want to make money, right? Tie the success of your business to that because... At the end of the day, do you know investors do not necessarily invest in the business. They invest in the entrepreneur's drive, in that vision. Yeah. And so if you lose that vision, if you lose that thing that makes you wake up every day to work, you probably will not build a successful business or you will not be happy. So don't lose that. Um, so whether you're building your business to exist one day and, you know, drive around around time in the Porsche, that's just your business. It's, it's personal to you. Um, but... Exits are like valid for on the investor side, exits are like validation of, of the work that an investor has done over time. Now, investors uh-huh. don't just invest money for charity sake, they're investing money because they want to make money out of it. Which is why another thing I tell entrepreneurs is don't just go out looking for VC money. Please look for free money, grants, angels, and all. Because the means you start taking money from VCs, you are expected to make returns. Nobody, uh-huh. I at the end of the day, you don't necessarily have free money. I mean, there's no free lunch. Everybody is investing for a, a reason, right? So the minute you begin to take money from VCs, expect to make returns on that your business. An investor is investing now because he wants to either make money when you IPO, make money when you raise a future round, or when he's doing like secondaries, he wants to sell his ownership out of your company. But at the end of the day, every investor invests to make money. And if you look at it holistically, you realize that the VC's you see, obviously, are not necessarily using their money. They're taking money from LPs, you know, in Europe and in America, and are promising them X amount of returns in five, seven years. So th- the only reason why those people continue to pump in money to the African continent, if there are exits, to say, hey, I put in ten million dollars five years ago, and I've made hundred million, like the investors that made money from the paystack sale or the investors that made money from IPOs across the African continent. Right, and so yeah. we need more of those exits. Please build your companies, sell them, go on and start bigger ones. The important <laughs> thing is you are right. creating a track record for investors to, you're helping them, you know, come back to the continent to invest and you're helping younger entrepreneurs have access to more money. And one, one of the things we're beginning to see is successful entrepreneurs are even pouring back that money into smaller companies mm. and into startups. Um, and helping them grow. Now, lastly, another point to building companies that are successful enough to exit is there was a study that Endeavor the Endeavor Africa did, and they found a correlation between successful companies and talents. Now, every time ta- they saw that for every successful company, you had two or three people leave that company to build better companies or build successful companies. So you see that there is a correlation between Companies that exit and the successful companies on the African continent, we need more exit because we see that people who leave those companies take the business practices that they learn from the founder, learn from running the businesses, take from take from the experience and build, you know, better global businesses at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting. I was really wondering what is it exactly about exit that has got almost every VC I've met saying okay we need a clear exit there has to be a clear uh, exit strategy Mm -hmm. anyways um so from your side uh having built uh a number of businesses and having seen what it's like running a business on the continent what would you say were some of the things that surprised you when you got to the when you got to the ground you're starting something you had this particular assumption that this is how it's done and you got to the ground and boom it's a different story do you perhaps have such lessons
1: uh well yeah i i mean i hit several realizations so coming from the philanthropic side where we kind of give free money and advice and mentorship um we because of the way the african continent is structured you find out that a lot of women are excluded and we began Mm -hmm. over time i began to see that it was to no fault of theirs it was just the system and sometimes you don't necessarily blame women. I mean, you have a family to take care of and all that. But from developmental wow. programs and now in the VC space, we're beginning to see that women are great managers of companies. And I and I always tell people, if you're going to build a company that will outlast you or leave you, ensure you have smart women on your team. So um, one of the things I I never knew was very pivotal to the success of the African continent was you know putting more money and backing women. Women, I believe, are the future of yeah. of of I mean, the continent in terms of business, in terms of even the family and everything. Um. Secondly, we be- I began to realize that money was not enough. You can raise all the money in the world, and we even to see it in Silicon Valley and the rest, and you will fail tomorrow. So. And unfortunately, you have entrepreneurs that with these ideologies. I just want to raise money. Once I just raise this money, everything is good for me, right? Everything is just work. <laughs> right. But you raise yeah. all the money and you're, you're hit with government policy. You're hit with um, attrition. So you cannot recruit the right talent for your team. Mm. You begin to see that money is not enough. Um, so instead of money, I tell entrepreneurs, build your network. Your network will give you access. Access to that money you're looking for. Access to talent. Access to people that will advocate for you. So build access. And building access is not a one-day thing. It's a deliberate effort. It's a constant, continuous thing. It's when reaching out to people, you know, communicating your value to them. It's about massaging egos. You know, we're very egoistic in this part of the continent. Yeah. You know, when we, so when you say, <laughs> we believe you're kissing us when you're trying But I mean, it's all part of that. You know, trying to create connections. Creating connections is very important. But I'm beginning to see that the, the, the founders that raise the most money are the ones that have invested in their network are the ones that spend money courting relationships and so let me let me take it to the granular level why -hmm. would you be visiting what stops you an investor I mean an an entrepreneur that has access let's say you've met several investors over time from sending them something like a glass or a bottle of wine on their birthday yes they might receive all sorts of gifts but what stops you from doing that what, what, who tells you that he wouldn't notice that, right? I mean, it's in the little things I tell people. So creating connections is very important. It's about going to his LinkedIn page and saying, I saw this article you wrote yesterday and man, it was nice, but this is what I think. I think you're wrong. And having a proper conversation, it's about creating know, connections. Yeah. And unfortunately, African entrepreneurs, but we didn't grow up that way, right? I mean... I grew up in a system where you speak up when we are young and they slap you say hey keep quiet your elders are talking right right. True. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, I mean you have to now start really thinking those things you need to start engaging with the people you want to do business with or you mm. want to make invest And sometimes it's hard sometimes they are from the old era but you need to do mm. these things and um, what else what else did I learn I, I've learned so many things I think one more is um, talents like I mentioned earlier people around you would actually make or my you We've seen businesses across the African continent fail because of poor recruiting or, or key man risk. You know, one person just knowing everything in the business and you're not translating that that um, knowledge into an SOP right. or, yeah. or, yeah. or, or translating that knowledge into somebody else. So the people, your, your staff is so, so important. Uh, one of my mentors would tell me, I uh, usually would say, invest heavily in your, in your staff so that they are good enough to leave you, but happy enough to
0: stay. Mm, that's deep yeah yep that's really good the
1: other side to this is always see your staff as brand ambassadors for you like even if they leave they'll always speak about you so if mm. you treat them like shits when they leave they will always tell everybody "Ah, oh, well he has a great business but he's not he's not a nice person and you will lose <laughs> right, potential yeah. you know customers or business leads that
0: Oh, that's fantastic! That's really amazing. You know, there, there's so many things on the continent that um, we are sort of we're sort of drawn back by some of the things that were hammered into us whilst we yeah. were growing up, and there's a lot we have to unlearn. Yeah. You know, if, if unlearn is even a word. But <laughs> anyway,s it's it's really a fascinating thing. Have you heard about Big Shot Business Network? It's the place to be for African entrepreneurs, business owners and professionals just like you. Join millions of fellow entrepreneurs today by visiting likeabigshot.com. Big Shot Business Network, connect, share, grow. If perhaps we can look at, I don't know, what you're seeing from your side uh, concerning the future of the continent, where do you see business going on the continent?
1: This is actually an interesting question. I get asked these questions quite a lot. Um, all so right. minutes ago I was in a call with the Gates Foundation and it was sim- similar you know to this where they were asking as a visa and investor what are you seeing on the African continent now for me I'm beginning to see more people build infrastructure play now one of the problems with the inf- um, African continent that is a deficit of infrastructure mm. oh. across board whether it be it in SA, you know, in some regions, you know, that they are, they, are, they are more developed than some other regions, Nigeria, Ghana, it's the same problem. And we are seeing that people are beginning to tackle that problem by building infrastructure. And so you see why that's why a company like Paystack became successful in, in the space of four or five years, because they were building the rails yeah. for payments across the African continent. Payment is still, yeah. even if with their success, payment is still a big problem across the continent it's still a big problem yes. yeah, yeah. So. we're seeing people invest in the logistic infrastructure because transporting things from nigeria to Benin republic is hell so we're, but we're seeing we're seeing entrepreneurs tackle those problems so we're seeing more of infrastructure play mm-hmm. covid exposed the healthcare system people are tackling and that it. problem by not just solving a subset of the problem but building a solution that other entrepreneurs can plug their solutions on top so say for right. example yeah. you're seeing people build hospital management system or hospital record systems you're seeing people build platforms where you can take your x-ray and an oncologist or radiologist from the u.s would interpret it for you on a platform i begin to build platforms to solve that problem solve those problems and i'm beginning to see people build platforms that can scale easily so you're not seeing platforms that are just localized solution but are platforms that can easily scale from Nigeria to Kenya to Ghana and 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 the likes Um, we're seeing more people focus on ed tech education is broken across the continent Um, that's why we 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 see so many people there's so much brain drain because education here is it's unreasonably hard right from the lecture methods to the curriculum which is outdated so we're beginning to see more people Um, invest or build platforms that can help solve that problem but not just that we're beginning to see more not more platforms that are helping us build an informal side so teach informal, vocational skills so yes people say well what is digital marketing but that's not the traditional thing that you would teach in school right um, yeah. people are learning to code by going on Coursera or African-made platforms. Mm. Now we're beginning to see African platforms that are doing that. Yes. Uh, and mm. and more of that. But lastly, we're beginning to see platforms that are that are helping the thriving gig economy make money. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm going to add something after that. Um, so we're, be- right. we're, we're seeing platforms that, you know, connect the we have a population of really smart people, population of really um, you know, creative people. And there are no jobs, but now platforms are linking them to jobs in Germany, jobs in the US, jobs in Europe, and the Mm. like. And then to the space that everybody is afraid of, the crypto space or the blockchain space. We're beginning to see, because payments are broken, there's over-regulation in certain parts of the the continent. We're beginning to see people create interesting solutions built on blockchain or built on crypto. Mm. Um, I spoke to somebody two weeks ago that um, is building... Um, he's building he's building a hospital record system for on the on the people on blockchain that doesn't necessarily need access to the internet to work, and that All was right. actually an interesting solution. Now we're seeing, yeah. we're, we're seeing a rise of of pair-to-pair transactions in cryptocurrency mm. across the continent. So before, when it was so hard to send money to maybe your child in the U.S. schooling or your child in the U.S. trying to send money back, yeah. now yeah. We, just do, we just do the currency conversions by crypto and you get your money. Yeah. So we're beginning to see a lot of, you know, and, and still it's back to, you. remember how I said infrastructure play? These are yeah. these are people that are building infrastructure for the next generation of, you know, Africans to also build their businesses on this uh, on, on, on what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's what we're seeing, and it's quite interesting. I'm really excited about it.
0: As I really love uh, the the work that is actually being done by you know many, many, many entrepreneurs across the continent, yeah. and uh, there are some that I've spoken to on the podcast, and it's the same sentiment. You know that um, Africa needs to uh, sort of improve. You know, on the uh, um, uh, what's the name of it on the infrastructure gap, especially yeah. especially when it comes to leveraging technology right now so as to solve the problems that are currently straining the legacy systems that we, we already yeah. have. So it's really a fascinating. Mean, it's thing
1: also a case of learning that copying whatever obtains or works in the Western world will not necessarily work here, because culture is mm. so different, the, the thinking is so different. So adapting whatever solution you see in the Western world to the nuances mm. of where you are is very, very important. And that's why you see so many companies come into the African continent and do not do so well. Because they think that, hey, uh, this is how it's done in, 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 in the US. It must work here. Then they come in here Indeed, and yeah. it just doesn't work. But And Indeed. that's why we, we always call for localized solutions. People that are feeling the pain building the solutions for themselves. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's that's really amazing. That's really amazing. Now, there's there's more work to be done and I believe um, uh is uh, I believe it's chapter director. It's, uh, um, Startup, Grind. Yeah, Startup Grind. Yes, Startup Grind, yes. What are some of the things that you are doing there that um, entrepreneurs are benefiting from?
1: Yeah, Um. I mean, it's one word, community. Um. And interestingly, Africa was built on community before the colonizers came in and, you know, messed things up. But <laughs> right. Startup Grind is a global community of entrepreneurs that believe that you cannot sort it as an entrepreneur without a community of people around you, be it cheerleaders, be it advisors, be it mentors. And for us, it's about spending time together, sharing our experiences, sharing our failure stories, and telling each other what not to do, right? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, that's what community does for you. When you're part of a community, somebody taps your head and says, why did you make that mistake yesterday? You know, you're you're smarter than that. Or somebody comes to you and says, how can I help you? I, I see you're struggling in this. And, and for me, actually, um, Startup grind in Lagos and in Nigeria as a whole, we are about providing value for ourselves in the ecosystem. I'm of the mm. belief that it is the ecosystem that can actually solve the problems for themselves. Yeah, you can bring all solutions and all, but we're the ones that feel the problem and we, we're the ones that will know how to plug into that solution. And, and remember how we talked about, you know, companies exiting and doing well. You see that... Yeah. Yeah, these companies that are doing well can easily solve the problems for people that are not doing not so so well, or can easily flag you know things that are not working and say, hey, you're doing this thing. When I was building this company, it didn't work. Why not tweak yeah, your model? Yeah. You know, and that's what that's the power of community. Community. Uh, Dangote is the richest man in in Africa, right? Um, right. But Dangote doesn't run his business alone. He's not a one man business. He has true, true. a huge team running each of his business each line of his business and that's the power of you know having smart people around you having a community Mm -hmm. around you and in Lagos, that's what we focus on community really
0: wow that's that's amazing that's amazing really collaboration coming together that's something that we need across the continent entirely we have come unfortunately i was really enjoying this we've (laughs) come to to the end so perhaps if um if you have any words of encouragement or anything that you would like to say to entrepreneurs on the continent
1: Hmm. You know, I'm 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 not a fan of motivational speeches, right? But <laughs> um but I'm a f- I tell people that I mean, so yes, my ideology. If, if, if a, a warrior or soldier that's not well equipped at the war front will still die a painful death with all the motivation in the world, right? So you, you must equip yourself <laughs> appropriately. So as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. go after knowledge. Learn, learn, learn. You know, when they say jack of all trades, master of none, that, that statement is actually incomplete. I mean, the, the remaining passes, says, but it's better than a master of one or something like that. Right? You yeah, have right. to be, especially when you start your business, you have to be a jack of all trades. I when mean, I mean jack, I'm not saying expert at all things, but you must be knowledgeable right. about all areas regarding your business. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. learn, 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 learn. Be open. Learn to think out of the box. We, are, we like to think a certain way on this continent and the businesses that will succeed and are succeeding are those that don't think within you know, the confines of what we yeah, grew up confine. with. Yeah. So you need to learn to think out of the box and remember that your your health is very, very important. I mean, it has happened to me where I worked so hard and then I was just losing weight and falling sick. And then my doctor had to... And I was having, you know, inflammations on my skin. My doctor was like, why are you so stressed yeah. out? Right? And I, I sat down, I'm like... If I work so hard, make all the money, and then I die a painful death or I die young, what exactly am I working for? Am I enjoying <laughs> what I work <laughs> Exactly. So protect your mental yeah. space, protect your health. Your health is very important. You cannot build a sustainable business with bad health because your health one day will come knocking and that'll be it. So yeah, that, 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 is, that is basically it. And then lastly, believe in yourself and learn to sell yourself. Nobody's going to tell your story better than you, so. You need to always sell your story and sell the value you're giving continually and in you know in creative ways so that people can um, you know always talk about you. There's there's an African saying that talks about um, it is the hunter that tells the story of the lion or something like that. I can't remember how of it course, is, yeah.
0: but the whole point <laughs> yes.
1: is if you're not nobody's going to tell your story if you're not telling your story
0: yourself. Indeed. very true, very true. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Mm. Thank you so much for those. words. any uh, book recommendations?
1: Hmm. So I'm not even a fan of books. I'm a fan of conversations. I'm going to be very honest. I do like that. That's me. good. That's I but I good. listen to That's podcasts, I listen to com- conversations. So I'm going to recommend podcasts apart from yours. Um, entrepreneurs <laughs> across the continent, you need to listen to how I built this. Um, how right. I built this podcast by Guy Raz. Yeah. That that is yeah, one right. podcast yeah. that really breaks down the you know, the intricacies of running a successful business business. Mm-hmm. Um on the other hand, there is actually a book I would like to recommend. It's not necessarily a business book, um, okay. but it's an interesting book. It's called Forget a Mentor, Find a Sponsor. All right? Yeah. It's a That's by, an interesting one. I can't remember her name, but I think she used to be, she used to work at Facebook. Um, so Forget a Mentor, Find a Sponsor. And it talks about how, I mean, forget, yeah, how mentors, mentors are good, but you need people that are advocating for you in rooms that you're not seated in. And those are right. sponsors. Mm. So, and to be honest, on the African continent, that's what you need a lot of times. The decision makers don't, I mean, they don't walk up to you to tell you are making a decision. Mm. But you have. You need people advocating for you when you're not there. So that's one book I recommend you read.
0: That's fascinating. We'll put all of that information in the podcast notes. How can people get hold of you?
1: Mm. Um, I'm, On social media, I'm Monsieur. That's French, Monsieur, mister. M-O-N-S-I-E-U-R O-M-U-W-E-M um, and so I'm active on Twitter I'm active on Instagram my Instagram page is where the action happens that's where I share right. most of my, my my experiences and to be honest if you go to my Instagram page I, I do more of my teaching there like I, I share my experience, what I've learned in entrepreneurship in the last five years, you know, the streetlights analogy and so many things. you see so many analogies on my page. Um, and then yeah. if you want to send me an email, you can send me an email at um, hi, H-I at u w e m a k p n dot me. I might not respond immediately, but I'll definitely respond.
0: Alright, that's, that's fascinating. Well, I really appreciate you having come through today. I'm hoping we'll get another chance yeah, to sure. to talk You know, time flies when you're angelic. Yeah, true. uh, I I really thank you for for coming through and all the value that you've given us today. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Remember to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Be sure to join millions of fellow entrepreneurs at Big Shot Business Network. For this week's show notes, visit likeabigshot.com slash podcast. Until next week, this has been the Big Shot Business Podcast.